This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I always say, we got a great show for you, and it's going to be interesting because we got like multiple people on. So there's like five of us on this line right now. So that should be interesting. We've done this one other time with this many, and it, it still came out good. So we're excited about yes. this. We've got Cooper of the band coming on. All one word. I thought that was pretty cool. I have to ask them about that. Um, but all one word. And we're going to talk a little bit about their story and a little bit about their music. And we're kind of excited about that. So are y'all here? We're here. <laughs> yes, we are. I, I'm here. Because <laughs> I say, I, you know, it's like, you know, usually I can say is so-and-so here. But, you know, with this right. minute, I'm like, you know what, usually. y'all. Y'all. <laughs> 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 So as we get started here, I like to start the thing with every, uh, like I do on every show, because of the time frame that we're in with COVID, um, how has that affected y'all and how are y'all moving through it? Yeah, um, so it it actually uh, has been both hugely negative and positive impactful for us um, as a band, um, because we had gone through about a year and a half of downtime where we were just kind of a lot of life changes were happening with each fan member um, and just trying to get our feet back underneath us. And it had been a long time since we had played live shows. And so we were just yeah. about to like dig our heels in and book like book like a whole new tour and like see, oh, wow. see what else we could do, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but at the same time, we also had this really, um, I guess uh, a large amount of pressure, uh, probably more self-imposed, but, a large amount of pressure on us to get new music out because it had been a while mm-hmm. since we released new songs. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, so we were just kind of really feeling both things of like, man, we really need to play shows, but we also need to put music out. So when the pandemic hit, kind of um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of made us choose one over the other. Um, and, uh, and we had already had several songs that we had written in the past year and a half that we just needed to get in the studio. So, it made logistics mm-hmm. a little bit weird because we were doing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of Zoom calls and uh, remote production stuff. Everyone got their own uh, uh, little home studio set up to record different parts. Um, and I, luckily, I live really close to our producer, so we were able to. I was still oh, able wow. to meet up with him. But, so it made logistics weird, but we were actually really glad to kind of have a time to be able to sit down and just pause. Um, and write and produce and all that kind of stuff. So, you know that that's like for us with COVID. Our, you know, when we first launched, we launched the show January third of this year, and yeah. our goal was eighty to maybe a hundred interviews first year. We thought, you know, if we do hundred interviews first year, that would be more mm-hmm. than most hosts do. And we like we we could that would be a great first year. Then COVID right. happens, and I I told Sammy, I was like, you know. This is an opportunity for us. This could be a, this could be our time to shine. You know, there's going to be artists that needs a place to talk, and we need to give that right. to them. So we need to bump it up. So because of that, not only have we had bigger artists than what we w- would have had, so we kind of owe COVID a lot of this, but we've also done way more than we could have ever imagined. Because like I told you before the show, you are now our 199th interview, and later today we'll have our 200 inter- interview for the year. And our goal yeah. is only 100. All right. Yes. That's awesome. <clears throat> Does anybody want to add to what what he said? Yeah, Joe, you should jump in on it. Uh, you you, you kind of did a lot of 
a lot of the I, production stuff for it. I was I was just about to. So when COVID hit, um, we we started. We were already in the process of trying to get stuff produced, and we had already mm-hmm. met with our producer Kyle. And you know, we were able to kind of meet each other a couple times because we weren't self quarantining yet. At that point, it was about March, I believe, when we met with Kyle. Right, guys. Um, yeah, I think right. so. And so we were like, yeah, we're going to go in the studio. And we had already done a couple demo tracks, so Kyle had something to build off of. But then everybody, we started having stay-at-home orders, and the band, yeah. Will, we live in Jackson, Tennessee, while Cooper was in Nashville. So we're already mm-hmm. you know, far, far apart. But him having a couple stuff, him having a computer and something uh, studio to set up with, and then I have, you know, my home rig, which is not a lot, but just enough for me to practice guitar and chord stuff. Mm-hmm. I was able to send this track and said, hey, guys, I need this, I need that. And it was like, okay, set. And this was very much different than recording our previous music because oh, yeah. in the, everything, we were all in the studio um, we were there when everybody was there when we did all the drums and bass. Mm-hmm. Then we went into Nashville and we did all the vocals, the guitars. And we were all in one room. Stuck. We were all in separate rooms trying to put the song together and send it to Kyle for him to finish. And it came out wonderfully. It came out amazing. And it just changed our mold, our our how we how we produce and record. And it was different yeah. because you have everybody there together telling you what to do, which is great. But then when you're in a room by yourself, you kind of have to figure it out. So it's it's kind of like having so many different pieces coming together mm-hmm. while you're in a room together. You kind of already have everything set, shaped, and where you want it to go. While you can just put, put, put pieces together uh, from whatever you set. Love that. Um, so if one of y'all want to talk about the story behind you, you know, kind of the backstory of how y'all formed and all that, you know, take a couple minutes to just to tell us a little bit about y'all. Yeah. Um, so basically I, this is Cooper. I'm, I know there's three of us, so, uh, but, uh, I started, um, playing music in high school, uh, at my church and leading worship and all that kind of stuff. Um, and went to Belmont University, studied songwriting, um, began playing a bit more. That's where I actually met our producer was at Belmont. Um, and we've worked with him for probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 years now uh, on various things. And um, But for a long time, it, it was mostly just me with, with um, hired out musicians and just some other friends and stuff. But it, it was really just me. And that's kind of where the name mm-hmm. itself comes from of Cooper the band of it was just me but I also didn't want it to be just Cooper like that that was never the goal or or the or what I I always wanted to kind of have like this this family of musicians around me uh where everyone Mm -hmm. was kind of bought into the same same goal and um so um in Will you might be able to help me out with this uh, 2016 I think um, so was, I, I've been playing since around 2010 it, under Cooper the Band, uh, and I think 2016 or 17, uh, I think 16, 
Um, we it's actually 2015 because kind of, I, I just graduated college. But yeah, right after I met. Right. Yeah, so that's when I met Will at church, um, and then we slowly kind of met each of the other members. I actually saw Phoebe perform uh, just like a little solo acoustic thing, and, and I ran her down and was like, hey, you have oh, to play well. with us. Um, and then uh, after that, we met Matt, our bass player, um, uh, and then then uh, while he was playing for us, he, he actually recommended Joe, who's our guitar player, um, uh, and it just kind of all came together. And we started out playing probably, it seems like maybe a hundred different Relay for Life. Uh, and all of every charity event that has hosted outdoors, you can ever imagine. Yeah. Uh, we, we played at them all throughout the, the Southeast. Um, wow. And we really attribute that to like, us being comfortable playing together and being on stage and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because... We've been in so many just various situations that it, it I don't know, it, it's helped a lot to our growth for sure. Uh, but, yeah, that's kind of the, the origin story for sure. Yeah. You know, speaking of what you said about how many places you've played and all that, I can definitely relate to that even as a host because, um, through, you know, Sandy and I will be married 18 years um, in October. And – all through our, our marriage, we well, thank you. All through our marriage, we have um, when we're out and about, we'd run into people, and I'm not talking about friends, running into strangers, and I'd end up mm-hmm. in a conversation, and she would know two or three <laughs> minutes in, we're there sixty minutes. She'd get up yeah. sometimes, but 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 I, I would be in sixty minute plus conversations thousands of times in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Just out the blue, and I, I, and of course, I, they. When I'm in these conversations, you never know where it's going to go. It's always different places. Some, sometimes I regret mm-hmm. them afterwards. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this was great, and sometimes I'm like, oh, that was mm-hmm. bad. You know, but it, <laughs> it gave me a point to where everything I've been able to talk about so many different things, and I believe that we didn't realize it at that time, but that was preparing us for this show because we do 60 minute interviews mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah, there you go, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, did really you have cool. like a code word that you would get to him? Like, hey, we gotta go. Like, it's we're running out of time. We need to get on the road. I would try, but it usually didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> when he's talking, he's in the zone there. <laughs> in my own little zone. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. For, for y'all, um, what age did y'all know that this could be a career? Not necessarily the age you, when you thought, oh, it'd be great to do music, because everybody asks that. I want to know, what was the moment where you thought to yourself, this could actually be a career for me? Hmm. That's a good question, Ooh. yeah, because, I mean, I guess it's always been yeah. like a dream, you know, since I was like a kid, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think after, for me it was probably after we released the kingdoms album and mm-hmm. the amount of uh, acceptance that we got for it. And then we, oh, wow. we went on a really long tour uh, all the way up through Canada and everything. And um, it, it just felt really real then. Uh, that was probably the, yeah. the moment for me. <clears throat> I think I would yeah, agree with that. You know. that, uh, that was a, that was a really cool time. Uh, I think like, <laughs> One thing that Cooper has said multiple times is, like, if we want this to be a full-time job, we better not mm-hmm. 
not treat it like a full-time job. Like we have to treat it like it is exactly. A job. And um, mm-hmm. once I bought once I bought into that idea, it mm-hmm. as cliche as it might sound, it it really was life changing. Like every day after my normal wow. job, I'd be like, all right, job number two, let's go. <laughs> what can I do for the band today? Um, uh-huh. Oh, let me go to bed at midnight and get up and rinse and repeat. You know, so like <laughs> a lot of that was going on whenever we were um, doing our Kickstarter for our Kingdoms album. Because mm-hmm. Cooper and I, we used to work together at the same uh, same office, and uh, we would get off work, go home, grab a very quick bite to eat, meet back up, and go busking around town for like a month before our Kickstarter ended, just so we could bring well, awareness to what we were doing and you know uh, try to get some excitement going. And just doing that, I was like, dang, this is way more fun than just sitting in an office. Yeah, it's work. But I, I want to do this. <laughs> you know, I, I think I was, I think I was probably twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three at the time. Well, maybe a little, twenty-three, twenty-four, something like that. But and you know, that's perfect leading for where I was about to go. I love it when that happens. But um, because <laughs> again, you know, a lot of people they see like your Blake Shelton's, Miranda's, and all that, and they see the glory of the artist, but they don't see the right. sacrifices, the struggles, the tears. The happiness, the sadness that oh, yeah. comes with this type of career, and I always like to bring that side out because I don't. I think that it's not talked about enough. And on our show, we talk about it on every show because I want people to know the truth and the rawness that it takes to be an artist, and especially in this day and time. <clears throat> so I'm going to tell a quick story that will help guide us into where I want this to go. Back in 2014, mm-hmm. we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Skill Girls, and, and at that time, they were full time with music. And one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, and I'll never forget her words, because she said this was going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, the moment you want it to be a career, your life is – you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of your life out there, <clears throat> from whether it's labels whether it's fans, whether it's your schedule, but everybody owns your life, not you anymore. She says, your friends and relatives will never understand. They invite you to weddings, to, to weekends, holidays, but you got gigs. You can't say no. I mean, it's not just, you know, yeah. you can't say, they think you can just say no because, hey, this is my wedding. This is special. Why can't you just cancel that gig? But they don't understand. You can't cancel it when there's 30 people depending on that gig to happen. Now you just let down oh, yeah. thirty people, you know, and all that. So you, they don't, they never understand that. Then of course, <clears throat> your family has to sacrifice, not just you, the artist. And then on top of all that, as if that wasn't enough, there are going to be there are days that you just feel miserable, that you just don't want to do it. But if you got a gig that night, you got to get on that stage and smile like you're having the best time ever, even if you <laughs> feel miserable. But then she mm-hmm. added, she says, but. If your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do y- y'all think about what she said? And let's go there. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, there's I, a I, lot of truth to that. Yeah, I absolutely <laughs> agree. I mean it it's it it takes it takes a lot, um, and both from the family and emotional side of it. Um, it, it really is demanding. I mean, I, I've missed 
who knows how many birthdays and a few weddings mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just things that you would normally be there for. Um, and, and you feel, you feel terrible about it, but at the same time, like the payoff of, you know, doing what you love and doing your passion, like it, it kind of helps fill those gaps. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you've probably heard a lot about, um, like the highs and lows of the musician life. And that, that really might yeah. be a contributing factor of like, mm-hmm. you're even, even you're, when you're playing the show, you, you kind of hit this high, but then you get off and then you almost feel just like you're in this gutter, um, at mm-hmm. times. And I think it probably is a mix of that of like, man, I just, I miss my friends back at home who are all hanging mm-hmm. out right now that I, um, even though you had a great time playing a show. So it, it yeah. can really, it can be taxing and extremely rewarding at the same time. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, I agree with that. One thing that I've noticed with doing music is, uh, you know, you can ask any anyone that knows me. It's like I get off work, I go do some form of music, whether it's at church, whether it's like a recording uh, session, or whether it's for the group mm-hmm. of the band. And uh, I've got some family members who are like, hey, dude, when are you going to stop and just, you know, just relax <laughs> and uh, just hang up this idea that music can't be your career? And mm-hmm. I literally looked one one person in my family in the face, and I'm like, "That's not gonna happen." And you might as well just go ahead and accept that. So I'd be saying <laughs> that to him was also me saying it to me of like, "Hey man, this this is kind of your passion. You know, there are gonna be ups and downs and highs and lows, but of course, you know, this is what you want to do. So you're gonna have to deal with it. And other people are not gonna mm-hmm. get it at times. They're not gonna understand. Yeah. Oh, I can't be at this wedding. I've got a gig." Can't be at your birthday party. I've got a gig. Uh, I'm exhausted, and it's 2 p.m. I want to go to sleep. You know, there's there's a lot of things that people yeah. don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. They just kind of see, oh, he's on stage. He's having a good time. It can very well be taxing. It is taxing. Um, but it's some of the most rewarding uh, feelings, you know, me as a drummer, to be able to, like, do my job behind the drums. Hmm playing and like guiding the band and seeing people's faces faces in the crowd, uh, you know, genuinely mm-hmm. smiling and forget, forgetting about their issues just for the length of a song and then just yelling yeah. you know, the lyrics back to mm-hmm. us. It's insanely rewarding. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and we and get think... where you're coming from too, because we, we mm-hmm. you know, we're kind of chasing the same dream y'all are, except we're just kind of different platforms because, you know, we want to be the Bobby Bones, the Ty Bentleys of tomorrow right. yeah. so sure. we're chasing kind of the same dream and we're doing everything y'all are doing us too because you know we, we have all this we got to prepare for it when we probably spend 40 50 hours a week preparing for all these shows doing doing the shows mm-hmm. and we're not making mm-hmm. money with this yet you know so, so we, we are doing all this in the hope mm-hmm. that it'll make it and in the evenings we deliver food in order to stay yep. afloat <laughs> while we try to build all this yeah this crazy brand Mm -hmm. and so we you know and i think that makes us a better host because we understand where the artists is coming because a lot of times hosts they got secure job they're working for whether it's a radio station or whatever they don't they they don't have worries we have the same worries that an artist has (laughs) and 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 we're we're getting just as busy as y'all are because like right now uh, um, it looks like we'll do a total of 43 interviews this this month and even when we take little yeah. trips, like we're in Savannah, and we go down to Jacksonville um, for a day trip from time to time, I'm still on my phone booking more shows. 
you know, right. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. while we're da- down there, you know, because when they come in, again, you know, our spots fill up fast, and their spots fill up fast. So if I don't get back to mm-hmm. them right away, if they say, oh, yes, I'd love to be on your show, then I may lose them for a few months. <laughs> you know, right. so yeah. I have, you know, so it's balancing all this. And then we got an eight year old boy, which he, you'll hear from him later. Cause we always have him ask one question, each artist. And then, oh, nice. um, and of course, we, and then we got an 18 month old daughter. So trying to balance all that and show. And all, so we totally mm-hmm. get where you're coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for me <laughs> at the end of the day, like what makes it so worth it, um, mm-hmm. Is so for for our song Kingdoms, like posted it up, and um, we're super excited about whenever all of that whole album came out and everything. And someone messaged us about the song Kingdoms, and all they said was they just said thank you, like, and it it the impact that music can make, and and a lot of our music is kind of living, you know, in the more positive realm of like, hey, you know, you you can make it through this or that kind of stuff. And so one of our goals with writing songs is to lift people up and to give them joy and hope and make them feel loved in that moment. And whenever we get responses like that of just like, look, you guys really brought me out of a dark time from this song that you wrote. Honestly, I would do all of it for just one response like that. Like that to know that we helped one person out is just it, yeah. that's just huge um mm-hmm. and so so yeah i mean that that's why we grind and that's why we we work so hard at it is to try to get that mm-hmm. like yes it's fun and it's it's exciting and adventurous <laughs> but to know that we made someone's day that, that's mm-hmm. the best so. now as you know every artist and every group has those moments where <clears throat> where they're just plugging away and they feel like you know that they're at the they're almost at that dead end street where they just feel like is this ever going to work? Is it ever going to get off? And I, I have those days even with our show. And luckily mm-hmm. I have Sandy to pull me off that ledge. <laughs> but <laughs> nice. every artist yeah. has those moments. What do y'all do to help yourself when you get to those moments where there's a fork in the road and you could just go the other way and say, you know what? I'll just accept defeat or just keep driving forward. In those moments. What do you do to drive through those moments? I mean, for me, this may sound cliche, but, like, all I can ever – always think, I can't do anything else. Like, music is li- – music for me is live or die. And yeah. I, yeah. I'm annoying like that. So, I – every day I, – I have I have plenty of those days that I don't always talk about, but I actually – before stuff came out, I was feeling – a, a, a certain way, even though I was excited for the song, we had mm-hmm. a pandemic going down. Um, I was like, okay, what are we going to do? And then we started doing our quarantine sessions on social media and YouTube, and that was nice. But I'm I'm still thinking, okay, how am I going to continue making a career out of this? Because I can't do anything yeah. else. I have wow. a side job to keep me going throughout the week. But that's very little time, if any. But Honestly, all I can do is just punch through. All that, yeah. that's, that's the one thing that I – that's the one thing for me. If I get to that point, when I get to those points, got to keep going, got to keep going, because I'm going to get to that point again and again. But that's not, the, that's not where I'm trying to get at. That's not my end yeah. goal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah, one thing that helps me uh, is uh, I think one thing that helps me is like the fact that um, if, when I get in those moments, and this might sound weird to say out loud, but I look at all the equipment that I bought. You know, I bought two computers, a drum set, electric drum set, all the you know, all cables and all anything I could think of that would get me to where I need to go. And the thing, one thing that hits me like a gut punch is like, dude, this is a lot of money wasted if you don't keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, which again, that might sound weird. You know, I could sell it all, but I, I feel yeah. like me doing that would be like part of like selling my soul in a weird way because you know, this is what I love to do. So usually I just walk into my studio and I'm like, nah, this sucks right now, but you know, <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to do, so it's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going. I, I love uh, that. I think, and yeah, yeah right. go ahead. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I think for me, like the the a lot of times I, whenever I do get down, I just find myself like I don't want to pick up the guitar, which is weird from a musician. Like uh-huh. I just like yeah. don't I just almost kind of like separate myself from the things I'm most passionate mm-hmm. about, um, and I just I can spiral into like a really uh dark i'd say dark lightly dark area of just like mm-hmm. um not being able to be productive not being able to pull myself through but if i force myself to pick up the guitar it can just radically change that like just wow. the act of playing the guitar or singing a song or recording something you get it like it, it's just nuts how how much of an impact that has on keeping that motivation going and and yeah. i love and I love that because um, I remember um, before Zig Ziglar passed away, I've always been big into motivational speech, speeches and all that. And Zig Ziglar was always my, one of my favorite motivational speakers. And I remember before he passed away, he came to Savannah, and we went to go see him. And, and I remember, and he's of course way up in age by this point. And I remember watching him go up on stage, and he's got this cane. And I'm sitting there like, okay, we're not going to get the zig that I hear on tapes because I'm like, okay, he can he can barely get up those steps. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, we're not going to get this excited Zig Ziglar. And then mm-hmm. he gets to the mic, drops the cane, and I was like, oh my god, we got a different. <laughs> he was in, he he got in that zone for that thirty <laughs> minutes, forty minutes, and yeah. we got what. He would, and you could tell in those moments that he was made to speak on stage. Because, and then when it was over, he grabbed his cane and he could barely walk again. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> so that made me think of that story when you said that about the you know you get in that zone because that's so true. With anybody that has a passion, they they get that they get that there's a zone that you get in that when you do that, it's it's like the world leads you. And you can be in that moment yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so this is a great time. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, Stuck. And I guess it's kind of appropriate after what we all talked about, because Ian's stuck. So hang on the line, and we'll be back shortly. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast 
hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music.
Love that song. Yeah, thank you. thank you. So tell us how that song came together. Ooh, story behind <laughs> I, uh, it. <laughs> yeah, um, story time. I think, honestly, the the lyrics, especially of that first verse, like that that I sat down one night and I literally felt stuck. I mean, that was <laughs> that was exactly how I felt, and those those lyrics couldn't be more literal of how I was feeling of like, man, I feel mm-hmm. like I have all these dreams of, mm-hmm. of various things that, that I want to pursue and I want to make happen, but it's like, I can't get, it's like my, I'm my own worst enemy sometimes of like, I can't make it yeah. happen. I can't get myself up mm-hmm. to do it or, or that, that kind of stuff. And, and so um, wrote a lot of the first verse um, and had had several other melody ideas and things like that. And then that, that's kind of when I took it to the rest of the band and was like, hey, guys, here's here's a song I've been working on. Um, and from that point on, we, we just kind of uh, tried to work on it together. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was really the, the origin of it, of just sitting, sitting around and feeling just stuck. <laughs> and so I, I don't yeah. – <clears throat> And it's funny because we were just talking about all that. Yeah, I was just just saying that it's kind of wild that the timing of this as we played that, because we were just talking about that right before this. I thought, hey, this is the perfect song where we're leading into. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. And we we didn't write it for uh, the quarantine stuff. You know, we, we had actually started it like a year before uh, any of the time. And, and, but, and so it was kind of fun to, to, to be able to finish it and release it now. And Mm -hmm. it has now become so much more applicable to everybody um, in, in, in various ways of like, however anyone feels stuck, you know, whether it's just literally, man, I'm tired of being in my house. Um, whereas yeah. <laughs> so many other people who may have may have small businesses or are also in a band, like they're stuck for a different way because their their entire business has been shut down, and so they don't know the future mm-hmm. of that. And so, um, so yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people are going to be able to relate relate to it at this moment for sure. I love that. And, you know, one thing we like to do on our show, as, as you know, when people see the bands and the artists and all that, they see the front man, really, uh, as, you know, whoever the front man of most bands. And that's mm-hmm. who they see, and that's who they look up to. And they see the glory of, like, your Blake Shelton's and Miranda's and all that. They, they don't see the behind-the-scenes people, whether it's PR people, whether it's producers, whether it's managers. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, whether it's a team of one or a team of 300, like Justin Bieber says he has. You know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see mm-hmm. that. And I always like to give artists a chance to talk about the team that helps them be who they are in our show because I think it's so important, and they don't get enough love in my book, and I want to give them the love. So if you want to take a few minutes, just tell us the team that's behind y'all. Yeah, so first I would give a shout-out to uh, Kyle Stonewell, our producer, who is the man (laughs) to miss the legend. (laughs) Amazing. Um, I I wish he were producer on more more stuff. Like I legit think that there would be so many songs out there that people would just fall in love with if if he was just like everyone's producer. I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't talk him up enough. But um, he, I've known him since college. We were actually roommates for four years, 
Um, and during that time was kind of when I started playing music and he was a big encouragement to me um, because he was able to interpret my brain whenever I would try to explain what I was hearing or feeling for a song um, oh, wow. and then take it and just run with it. Um, and so he he's always just kind of been able to take all of our music to, to the next level. It's like we, we get it mm-hmm. as far as we can and we come to him and, and give him a pitch and he's like, you can see whenever the, the wheels start turning in his brain of like, okay, he thinks we've got something. <laughs> and, and so, and yeah. he's all, all really pushed us whenever something doesn't work. He's like, mm, no, like he'll just be super nice about it, but just tell us right away of like, no, I'm not, I don't think that's working. Uh, you know, how can we make it better? And and so he's always yeah. kind of pushed us in that way. Um, and then other, other uh, people, I guess for this song, um, Lizzie Emmons did the um, the artwork, yeah. which mm-hmm. we absolutely loved. It was a uh, we we all kind of knew her, but she, she was a friend of Will's, um, and and I had not seen her artwork, and we we pitched the idea to her, and she just we let her do her thing, and and she killed it. We we love love the artwork on it, but uh, we're, yeah. we're she did a great actually job. hope. Oh. Yeah, we're hoping to have her uh, do a bunch more for us and and do some more stuff. Oh, well. You might see some more of that come out um, here <laughs> soon. And then uh, an early shout out, actually, I want I want to give to uh, to our man Phil in Oklahoma, who is actually jumping yeah. on, kind of helping us with some some behind the scenes stuff. Um, he's booked us for a few like house shows out there, um, and uh, he's gonna start helping us get the word out about the single. Um, and uh, kind of a mix between like street team slash uh, manager ish role. We, we've ne- we've always kind of been self managed. We've never had anything, mm-hmm. so we're super stoked to kind yeah. of have him come on board and, and start helping us out with some stuff because um, it's a lot. It can be a lot. <laughs> yeah, the crazy crazy thing about Phil is he uh, he uh, drove from Oklahoma down to Austin, Texas, two years in a row, which is like six or seven hours for him. Just to see us play for 30 minutes both times. And oh, he well. got in his car and went right back. So, like, for mm-hmm. us to say that he's, you know, almost at this point, like an integral part of our friendship, um, <laughs> you know, it's, that's pretty true. He he does more for us even than just being our friend than, than I think he even realize, realizes. And uh, we talked to him the other day and we were like, hey, dude, do you want to kind of join the team officially? He was like, yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask. So, <laughs> <laughs> Excited to, excited to have him on. That is really awesome. And, you know, we kind of have a team here because we consider our, fa- our show a family affair, and we have a third co-host, our little eight-year-old. We always have him come on and ask one question to the artist. Yes. So, so Sandy's yeah, going to get him on real quick and mm-hmm. ask his question away. <laughs> and when I our 18-year-old daughter gets old, older, we'll be plugging her in, too. <laughs> nice. Nice. <clears throat> so she's getting okay, in real here's quick. Okay, Christopher with his question. Hi, Christopher. Hi, guys. What's your What's favorite up, food? What's your favorite oh, food? Oh, man. Favorite food. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, yeah, all right, all right. I'll take it away. I am a huge fan of, like, Asian cuisines. Um, and so, like, anything such as, like, Indian, uh, sushi, uh, <laughs> if, it, if it has, like, um, 
some sort of Indian or Asian spices in it, then I, you can pretty much count me on board. That, that, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to be the typical American here. I love all kinds of food, but chicken wings, hot wings, buffalo wings, mm. man, I'll tear them up. <laughs> Probably my favorite. <laughs> I have, I have a hard time choosing, but I will tell you what I'm making right now, which is uh, chicken quesadillas. But I ran out of chicken. <laughs> so I after the phone call, I gotta go to the store and get and get some, and then I finish my quesadilla when I get back. <laughs> and what's yours, though, Chris? Pizza. My nice. man. Oh, my man, man, I can go for some pizza right now. All right, I, I'm, a, I'm gonna call. Um, uh, we've got a place called Five Points Pizza, and I'm gonna go get one of those right after this is over. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite type of pizza? Uh, pepperoni and sausage. Okay. Solid choice, okay. Round, dude. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a little meat supreme Bye, going on buddy. over there. Bye. <laughs> yep. Hey, buddy. He comes and goes quick, but he loves that. And, you know, I've always been taught through the years that if you want to inspire passion and purpose in your kids, they have a front row seat to watch you live out yours. And and I love that we have, mm-hmm. we're have doing something that we can include him and then eventually Caitlin in. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Hey, I'll tell you, so it if, goes a long way yeah. because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the son of a musician, a church musician, and since mm-hmm. age 12, he had me playing. Oh, wow. In church. Oh, wow. Now, me, now it's me and my, of course, you can't do it now, Mr. Corona, but me and my brother, we're the church band, him on him on drums, and I'm playing, even though I play guitar in the band, I'm playing bass. And it just goes mm-hmm. so much further and ignites a passion in them that you, you, will, you will be surprised in what happens. So good. Wow. Love that. Oh, um, love to hear that. So if y'all could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, man. Oh, man. Individually or dead? So me individually, these guys are going to already know my answer, but uh, I would probably say John Foreman. Um, Oh, well. Like, he's always been a huge – I mean, really listening to Switchfoot is a large reason of why I even started playing music. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that, that has always kind of been an inspiration for me. Uh, I don't really know what we'd write about. I mean, we, we kind of write the same genre ish, you know, of like topic, uh, wise. Um, but I feel like I would just be too intimidated to even contribute to the entire session. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have to say, uh, there's a band from Franklin, Tennessee called Colony House. Franklin just right outside of Nashville and, Stephen Curtis Chapman's mm-hmm. uh, two sons are in that oh, band, yeah. and uh, they're some of my biggest influences. Uh, mm-hmm. The drummer is also named Will, so that, that, I always thought that was kind of a a God <laughs> thing, I guess. Maybe uh, maybe that's yeah. weird to say, but um, yeah. you know, I don't. their their music. <laughs> cool. Their music has always <laughs> been uh, just insanely uh, fun to listen to, but also like. Listening to the lyrics, you can actually pull a ton of it, uh, a ton of like, positivity through hardship mm-hmm. from their lyrics. And yeah. I think probably the last five years, that's kind of been a theme of my life. Is like 
making sure that I find the silver lining in every situation that I'm in. And I feel like Colony House does an amazing job of writing music for that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's I yeah. think that's that's probably who I would who I would pick. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I'd also be like Cooper in the fact that I'd be starstruck the whole time, and I'd be like, I don't know what's in my hands because you guys are amazing, and I'm I'm just here. <laughs> Can I get? I'm, I want to try to guess Joe's. Okay. I'm gonna say periphery. Can I guess? Periphery. Periphery. Close. 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 <laughs> Well, well, I won't say close because it's two totally different genres, but they're like my second or third. Um, oh, yeah. Top, as far as just like straight up songwriting, like I would love to work with Periphery, but straight up songwriting, I want to say either Lecrae or Andy Minio. Oh, wow. They're two, okay. of, they're two of my favorite artists as far as the content they put out, the hope they put out. Um what they what the ministry that they do even though even though they're very much into hip hop culture everything they do especially after going to see them like a year ago in Memphis you you could just tell not everybody sees it but they exude ministry yeah you know, it's crazy so they're one of my they're one of my favorites uh, but just awesome music I love I grew up listening to hip hop music that's my favorite genre mm-hmm. I don't get to work in it as much as I'd like to so it's it, It'd be really nice to, you know, get into there. You know, we've got um, uh, next week we just booked for um, a a major gospel artist coming on our show, um, Ernest Pugh. (laughs) So we we just got confirmation today, so I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. That's huge. So we're definitely excited about that, you know, and, and we've yeah. had some great ones. And again, you know, this show is our passion, and like y'all, I cannot see not doing this show. No matter what it takes, we'll make it make money one day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm familiar so with that this one past, day. Yeah. So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she was wanted to be in five years. And I, I always like to tell this story because I want artists to kind of think about that question before I ask them that same question. Because back in five years ago, she had a top 28, a, I think it was a well, top 30, but it was a number 28 if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly when we interviewed her. And we interviewed her for our new country buzz back then. Um, so this show is different, this Chris and Sandy show, but we interviewed her and, 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 what she told us that she wanted to be in five years is almost to the T of what she's living right now. So I love to tell that story because I want artists to kind of think, okay, what can happen in five years? Cause a lot can. So where do y'all want to be in five years? Man, I, it's a, it's a hard question to be honest, but I think at like the base level, I would just love all of our full-time jobs. Like mm-hmm. all of us, we don't we don't need anything else to to pay the bills um and i think at, at least for me I, I don't really care much about the the fame or the fortune and honestly if if that were the reason i was trying to be in music that i mm-hmm. there, there really wouldn't be much point to it but um i just love it you know i'm just passionate about 
performing and playing and, and mm. writing and releasing new content and that kind of stuff. I just really enjoy it. And so to be able to do that and know I don't have to work three other jobs to pay, yeah. you know, pay the bills in addition to also working what is a full-time job in Cooper the Band, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that would just – that would probably be the, the five-year goal of like, hey, guys, look, yeah. we've got full-time amount of work. We're going to be touring these dates and these – you know, we have an EP scheduled for this and another album release later in the year or something like that. Like that, that yeah. would be my five years old. I think I would agree with that. Um, I Currently, Joe and I live in a town called Jackson, Tennessee, which is about two hours from Nashville. And I think mm. my five-year goal, hopefully actually my one-year goal, will be living in Nashville. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping at least yeah, we're in moving five there years next I'll year. be up there. Oh, nice. Congrats. Oh, oh hey. Early welcome to the city. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think my uh, my five-year-old will be living there. This might be kind of a, a thing out of left field, and Cooper and Joe can attest to this. I've been obsessed with um, people taking old school buses and converting them into something you can live in. And that might be the dumbest uh-huh. thing you've ever heard in your life, but I promise <laughs> you should go look it up, and it's really, really cool. Oh, I've seen some really um, cool people, ones. Yeah. So I think in five years, if I could be like – I never thought I'd say this out loud, but if if I could be living in a school bus, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> in Nashville, you know, paying for that and nothing else, it'd be sweet. <laughs> I'm the same with Cooper, you know, in five years, uh, that, that is my goal to be doing this full time, 24-7, just paying the bills, not having to necessarily worry. I'm not trying to get rich or wealthy or be, mm-hmm. you know, out here, out, out, out here, iced up. I'm just trying to make a living. Hope yeah. doing the only thing I can do, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I tried other things. It didn't work so, out. Yeah. <laughs> so if y'all could meet your future self, what would you tell him? What would I tell my future uh, self? Yeah, your future. So let's say that your future self is a success, whatever that means. That whether it's five years, ten years down the road, but your future self is a success. What would you tell him? Get me out of court. Ah. <laughs> I mean, man, if I were to tell my future self any a successful future self, I guess I'd tell him thanks for the grind. Like, thanks for, That's for exactly sticking, sticking exactly with what it. I was gonna say. Yeah, see, yeah, thank you for not and quitting. Then, uh, and I, I think I'd probably tell him like, I hope I built the foundation for success. You know, like I hope I did the work to this point so that my five year part, you know, self. You know, it, I don't know if you've ever done those projects where you get on, you you set it aside and then for, forget about it for six months or something. Taxes or anything yeah. like that. Like, uh, you pull it up and you're like, oh man, I got to do this. It's going to be stressful. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you realize like you set yourself up for success. And it's like, oh, thanks, former self. You know, like thanks for doing <laughs> that. I totally forgot that I did that, but that's super helpful. Um, so hopefully we've uh, done that now, so that in five years, you know, yeah, we're, we're now this is a little that, different, so. yeah. but we're kind of on the same boat with the show because I, I we had the idea for the show almost all last year, but we never did mm-hmm. 
We just, I kept yeah. wanting it to be perfect before we launched. And you mm. can't make it perfect if you don't launch, you know, you, you yeah, know you'll right. never yeah. launch. And, and finally mm-hmm. I came to the conclusion in, in last December, I was like, you know what? I told Sandy, it's time. We just got to do it. And it, either we're going to crash mm-hmm. and burn or we're going to rise and shine. But either way, we got to do right. it. <laughs> and and yep. here we are. Yeah. I, I, I find myself doing the same a lot with a lot of different things of where you kind of let perfection be the enemy of good. Um, and, and I, I can critique something to the T of like, no, this isn't ready. It's not ready. It's not ready. Um, a lot of times in the writing process of when we're writing a song, I'm almost more nervous to even attempt to write it because I feel like the idea for the song is so great that when I sit (laughs) down with it, I might ruin it. You know, I don't want to touch it. I'm like, no, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really feel that for sure. Love that and all that. Um, so let's say that y'all had a have a friend, and I see you heard him or her sing, or a group, don't matter which it is. And let's say that um, they got something special. There's definitely something there. And let's say that they've played maybe 30, 40, 50 shows so far in their career. But they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But they've gotten on stage, and they and they got what every artist says that stage bug where they look over the crowd crowds roaring mm-hmm. for them and they know mm-hmm. that they're in the right place and they come to y'all and they say I know that I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life they feel like it's God's calling what advice mm-hmm. would you give that specific person to help guide them the mm-hmm. next two three four years I'd say this is like just make sure you do all of the behind the scenes work like at Will mentioned this earlier of one of the things that I say a lot is like, if you want this to be a full-time job, you've got to treat it like a full-time job. It's not just playing a show on stage. It's not just being in the studio. It's not just writing songs. I mean, if, if you're one of the, I don't know, 2% of musicians that happens to get signed after a performance, and you have all of those things kind of available to you, that's amazing. That's super exciting for you. But the vast majority of artists have to go through many years of, like, doing the online research for finding a venue. I mean, we spent, in booking our own tours, like, I mean, we've spent Mm -hmm. probably, we were spending probably like 20 to 30 hours a week per person doing venue research and contacting and just trying to get all of it worked out and, and scheduled um, before we could actually have that, you know, those big tours. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so it, it really does. It takes a lot of just, you know, hours and hours of work behind the scenes um, for each person that's in the band. And if, if you're able to get that help, that's amazing, but it's, it's not guaranteed. Like, do not expect someone yeah. to come reaching out with a silver platter to make it all work. Like, yeah, yeah. No one, no one owes you anything. You know, if you want to get to work, work your tail off to get it. Mm-hmm. So, I think one thing I would tell question? Yeah. is to, okay, uh, is patience yeah, and persistence. Um, patience mm-hmm. and persistence is what I have to tell myself every single day. Uh, the current job I have, I love it, but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I'm like, dude, why am I yeah. not in Nashville? Why am I not drumming? Why am I not out here doing it? 
just, you know, take COVID out of the situation. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's just because I'm still working on myself and I'm being patient and persistent and it's going to happen when God wants it to happen. So yeah. not letting yourself like get down on yourself because you're not where you think you should be at the moment. Uh, we've gone through a lot of that as a band, you know, like, wow, we should be doing this. We should be doing this. Well, just keep being patient and persistent and we're going to get there. So and not letting anything like throw us off from that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember right before we launched the show, I asked a Nashville friend of mine what advice would he give us. I think it goes for whether you're going to be a host or whether you're going to be an artist or really anything in general. Uh, I'll never forget. He said, I'll give you one piece of advice. I'll start and always be and stay authentic. He said, because yeah. you could, he, he says, you know, you could end up telling every Bobby Bones joke and be good at it and tell every Ty Bentley joke and be good at it. He says, but the day's going to come where, um, where you end up, um, your authentic self just comes out, and you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never uh, attracted to your authentic self. They were attracted to your fake self. So if you start out authentic and stay there, then you'll, you may grow slower, but the right audience will come. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. So as we come to a close here, um, I could talk to you all day long, <laughs> but as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach you all. Yeah, uh, so it's Cooper the Band, all one word, everywhere, uh, either cooperthebandcom um, uh, We're on Facebook as Cooper the Band, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, if, it's, if it's a uh, social or streaming platform, uh, we're we're gonna be there. So, uh, so yeah, just Cooper the band, all one word. Awesome, and we enjoyed having y'all on, and we definitely look forward to having y'all back down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Hey, on thanks today. for having us. Also, happy birthday. Well, thank you. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks. Y'all have y'all have a great day. Y'all right, do you the same. Too. Thank Bye. You. Right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.